Free Parents Podcast, episode 012. Your team to chat about parenting, life, and of course, how to I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak, successful event planner, mom of three, wife, and total umbree. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the show. I am so grateful that you are here. And if you are a brand new listener, welcome. And please be sure to check out any previous episodes. There's some really great interviews. So definitely make sure to check them out. Um, In this episode, we will cover any new Umphreys McGee news, as well as cover the shows from August 16th through the 19th, as well as my interview with Josh from Umphreys Anonymous. All right, so August 16th at the House of Blues in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, basically Orlando, my understanding. This is the fourth time the band has played this venue, also in 2014, 2015, and 2017. This show opens with Jekyll and Hyde, an intro that has only been played about 17 times total, last played July 22nd, 2017. I forgot how great of an intro this really was. Sliding right into Room to Breathe. I really love this tune. I'm still hoping to catch this one. My last one was back in 2014. I love the hugeness of this song. And when it starts, Stacy just stands there dominating the fucking beginning. And then the adventure of this song goes on. And the lyrics are just fucking beautiful, too. I love this tune. The jam in this Much Oblige was just insane, too. Triangle Tear, a great song, but one, it's been played a shit ton, so it's still working itself out. The jam in it is still really great, and I love how it's growing and changing as time goes on. This slacker is a serious fucking powerhouse with an insane jam in the middle, and then Baelish just shredding the fucking end of it. I mean, this whole song is just rock in your fucking face. I love it. I did add it to my 2018 Hall of Fame. Prowler and 2 by 2 Again, Bayless killing it in this one. Really on fire this whole night for sure. Then, um, as if this place was just already not insanely on fire, they bring out... Roosevelt Collier, which I hope I said his last name right, on steel guitar, who I knew nothing about until this sit-in, which honestly, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but is another thing that um, I love about Umphreys too, is they'll bring people out to play with them that I had no idea who they were. So it opens me up to these new people, which is very awesome. So they bring him out for Syncopated Strangers, which I've brought this up in other episodes. is just an amazing song anyways. And then they bring him out for this. It's just so amazing. Just watching Jake and Rosie, as Bayless calls him, playing off of each other. It was so beautiful and amazing, just on so many levels. And because everybody is just fucking having an awesome time with it, they keep him up there for another song and go into I Want You, She's So Happy by the Beatles. Fuck. I love the Beatles anyways. That song is amazing. They haven't played it since August 31st, 2017. And 
having Rosie up there, it was just sexy and beautiful and just dramatic. And the feelings just behind it was just absolutely amazing. The singing and Joel playing like it. I honestly feel like it was probably their best version of that cover. It was just absolutely amazing. And you can tell by Jake's reaction at the end, too, you know, that everybody was just totally fucking feeling the exact same thing. So totally an amazing way to end that first set for sure, too. This second set comes in really hot opening with Wappy. Another one, this that I added to my 2018 Hall of Fame list. Honestly, I feel like this show, Orlando, is my favorite night. I'll get into this later. But this whole show was really fucking amazing, honestly. Then they go right into the Steely Dan cover, Hey 19, with the nod to Aretha Franklin and the lyrics who had just passed away like the night before, the morning um, of the show. Rocker 2 with a really beautiful ending. And then this Utopian. Holy shit. Seriously, just insane. I mean, we'll back it up a little bit to the Hey 19. That version was absolutely stellar, too. But this Utopian, and I was actually going to say to my husband, because the day of the Orlando show, the 16th, was the 17th birthday of the very first time the song was played, August 16th, 2001. Um, And I'll actually link some info in the show notes for that. And thanks to Josh from Umphreys Anonymous for that information is where I got that from. Um, So I was thinking that maybe they were going to play it, but thought that perhaps that was too obvious. But they did. And boy, they fucking played that tune. It just was absolutely amazing. Just an absolutely amazing thing I just they do a a nod to Aretha Franklin in there complete with another nod to Aretha Franklin with her song Respect um with Chris singing all the fucking high parts and then it goes into this absolutely amazing fucking musical odyssey seriously Chris breaks it down at one point to bring everybody into this adventurous kind of dreamy jam kind of thing. And then Joel and Jake are just killing it here. And then it comes down to the lyrical part of the song. 19 minutes, this utopian is just straight fire. Of course, it's on my Hall of Fame list. Currently, give this song, the like, seriously, just certainly gave that song a very proper birthday celebration. You really, it just, listen to that one, absolutely, for sure. Um, Looks, another one that I feel, um, you know, has the opportunity to grow into something really awesome. I do like to hear it, but, you know, it still has has time to grow into itself. Uh, Wife Soup, to close out the second set, the third, the third, um, tune from this show that I've added to my Hall of Fame list. Um, The Bela solo in this is about eight minutes in, and it's absolutely stellar. Like I'd mentioned before, he's definitely on fire in this one. Um, Coming back into the dramatic lyrical ending, 
seriously, just the energy you get from hearing this. And I speak from experience from seeing this song live and, you know, certainly having that religious experience. And anybody that's seen Wife Soup live, you know, live knows exactly what I'm talking about. Just the feelings and the lights and the moments. And it's just an amazing song, too. Um, In the Kitchen Encore with Jake teasing Roundabout by Yes in the Beginning, which to me is like one of the ultimate teases. I really, really want to see them cover that song. They've only done it eight times, the last time being June 28th, 2015 in Peoria, Peoria, Illinois. And like I said, I would love to see them cover them, see them cover that so badly. But instead of going into that, they do take it right into that in the kitchen to end the entire evening. Um, I will be sure to put a link for the set list and the show in the show notes so that you can give it a listen and check everything out. Before we go any further and before I forget, I did want to mention that these shows were live streamed on Tour Gigs. And if you don't know what Tour Gigs is, you definitely want to check it out. You buy the pack, you can either buy the package, which in this case was four nights, or you can buy them individually and you just watch them live, which is absolutely amazing because, you know, you have your own bathroom, your own beer, your own food, your couch, whatever, your bed, wherever you want to watch it. And then you have it for like two weeks after. So if you can't watch it, like when they do West Coast shows and it's super late for us to watch them live, we watch them the next day. Like sometimes we watch them in the morning and it's so amazing. Like it's the coolest thing ever. So if you are not like aware of it or you don't know anything about it, like definitely check it out. I will put the information um, in the show notes for it. It's like I said, it's so amazing, especially for me who usually falls asleep like halfway through the second set I try so hard but being a mom of three that's what happens so um yeah definitely check out tour gigs it is absolutely worth your time all right August 17th the Fillmore Miami Florida at the Jackie Gleason Theater in Miami Florida the band has played at this venue two other times in 2015 and 2017. This show opens with Nipple Tricks, goes into Remind Me, and then, and honestly, I feel very oddly placed Xmas at Wartime. I absolutely love this tune and the time um, that they have played it um, since the release of It's You in May. I always think back to the conversation I had with Craig Sinegar at Boondock Studio about the song and how it's about Jake's grandfather being in World War II and being in the trenches on Christmas Day and just this whole amazing story. So, I mean, it's such a beautiful song and everything about it, but I just feel like it was such an odd place to put that song. Um, I did hear that it was a Stasic set list and that would explain the song selection for this evening, um, especially with, you know, that's such sweet sort of sounding tune after the sex metal part of Remind Me. Um, but that, you know, I've heard Stasic say that that's how he likes to write his set list. So if that was the case, then it totally makes sense as to why um, this set list was the way that it was. Um, the Conduit here um, features a really killer jam and then right into another Jake tune, What We Could Get. 
a new one from It's You that is still working out the kinks and has only been played one other time on May 31st. I really like this song too, and I'm very excited to finally see it live. Miami Virtue, obviously a nod to the city that they were in. Definitely a dance party with Stranglehold by Ted Nugent teases in there. Then Chris and Andy at about the 12 minute mark start breaking it down and go into drums, really showing everybody like what the fuck is going on back there. Like it's very cool to really see, you know, Chris, of course, but Andy like really get some love for what is going on back there. So that's very awesome. It's very neat to see that kind of stuff on the live stream for sure. And then Bayless takes it right into this really, really sick White Man's Moccasins. Love that one. Ride on Pony, um, the second song, second time that that song has been played this year, recently on the second night of Red Rocks. That song has not been played more than one time in a year since 2010. So very, uh, very interesting that it's getting a little bit more love this year. Um, Into Plunger that gets really heavy and then goes on into its own musical journey and then going back into the lyrics of the song. And at the end, the Zaza Gabor Fifi quote at the end, which I honestly don't know a whole hell of a lot about. Um, I did try to research as much as I could about it to kind of share. Um, I did turn up an answer with that it started out as a stew on March 29th, 2003 in Boulder, Colorado. Please don't hold me to that, though. I may be incorrect. And if anyone knows someone, I'm sure, knows more information about this, please, please feel free to reach out to me um, and give me some knowledge about that because I'm always looking to expand what I know about Humphreys. So, you know, if you know and you're listening please tell me. I would, I would love to know. Um, so all the information of how to contact the show is in the show notes. And, um, yeah, uh, like I said, I really feel like, like when I watch this show on tour gigs, like as it was happening live, you know, and then I listen back to review it, the flow of the first set was a little weird. And I think it was just because of the placement of placement of Xmas at wartime and then that ride on pony in there after that really heavy plunger um you know like I said it's a stay six at list so I totally get that and I always you know I always want to be like totally honest and I love everything that they do but you know everything's not going to be perfect and sometimes the set list may flow a little differently and that is totally okay Um, But overall, it was still a really great show. And, you know, the second set is fucking killer, too. Making Flippy Floppy by the Talking Heads cover to open the second set. The jam in this one at about five minutes in takes this song on a serious fucking dance party. Joel is really stellar in this jam. Then going right into Night Nurse to keep the dance party going. I love, love, love this song. They are definitely fucking killing this one this year as well. The version from Summer Camp of VIP set is honestly my favorite one played this year so far. Um, The one from June 29th at the House of Blues in Boston, Massachusetts is really good too. 
Um, and I will put a link to both of those in the show notes so you can listen to both of those um, too if you are interested. Um, Booth Love with Cashmere from Led Zeppelin tees in there. And when I was listening back, all I could think about how fucking sick their set at Lock-In with Jason Bonham is going to be so, so sad to be missing that. Um, if you're listening to this when it airs, I think there might still be some tickets for that festival. Like if you want to do some sort of like last minute trip to go. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but Jason Bonham is the son of original Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham. So that's going to be a pretty fucking amazing set. Um, there are other nights, we will get into that, that they tease Zeppelin as well. So they are most certainly very excited for that. Um, then a very heavy and aggressive Wizard Burial Ground, which Bayless affectionately calls as a love song beforehand. Then back to changing it all around like they did in the first set with Always Beautiful Upward. Um, seriously, just nothing sexier than Jake's guitar in that song. Just so, so beautiful. Um, and then switching gears again, totally to close out the second set with Phil's. And honestly, I feel like 2018 is just the year of the Phil's. Every single version has been amazing and so unique in each of their own adventures and journeys. And I feel like since we've been so spoiled with all these seriously fucking killer fills this year, that in 2019, it might sit on the shelf for a little bit. So I will most certainly take all of the amazing versions of this of fills that I can totally take. Um, the encore is Golf Stream, a seriously feel-good song that always gives me and everybody, I'm sure, in the crowd just all the love and good vibes about being at Umphreys and being with your friends. And, you know, the lyrics of those songs just it feels like exactly like what an Umphreys show is to me. So, you know, of course, all the cheesy love and feels. <laughs> um this song has only been played one other time in 2018. The only other time being January 21st, which just seems like so long ago. Um, and then going into what I feel was just another oddly placed song, um, maybe someday. I love that song. It's probably one of my favorite songs off that album. But like I said, the placement is a little off. Um, but the song does not disappoint, especially with the jam the last two minutes of the song and maybe that is the reason for putting it at the end to kind of see um you know how it does in that in that place so I don't know but overall it was a really awesome show and I will put all of the information the set list and where you can listen to it in the show notes so you can check it all out okay August 18th St. Augustine Amphitheater in St. Augustine Florida the band has played at this venue four times total, the other times being in 2017 and two nights in 2014 as part of their Making Lemonade shows that had to be rescheduled after a last-minute change from where it was originally scheduled to be held at Fort Clinch, I believe, in Fern Fernanda Beach, Florida. Um, this show opens with an absolutely fucking delicious 20 minute Dronicon. And I always say that 
name wrong, and I fucking hate that I do, but I love that song. <laughs> um, the first time that this song has um, opened a two-set show, and this one is just fucking stellar all around. A seriously just an amazing way to come out and start the evening. Um, no doubt that I've added this to my 2018 Hall of Fame list. Um, Party and Peeps. And after that, Bayless thanks everyone for coming to Waffle's birthday party. Uh, Morning Song last played October 22nd, 2017 at the Brooklyn Bowl in Brooklyn, New York. Um, Morning Song usually sees the light of day during the year more than once, averaging about six times um, in years past. But it seems that catching this song is going to be perhaps more of a rarity the rest of this year. Um, this one gets all spacey at the end before going into Bad Friday. Really love the jam in this one. And then they slow it down and it gets a little ambient sounding before picking back up and going right into No Diablo. I feel like the lyrics to this song change like every single time that they... Um, play it but I still love the lyrics and everything regardless such an awesome song um where is my mind by the pixies only covered by Umphreys a total of eight times last played January 22nd 2017 about 147 shows ago um I'm not really familiar with the original um song but I really like this cover and they really jam the shit out of the end of it going dark and dank and then keeping that dramatic rock heaviness going and slides right into the floor to close the first set. The intense energy that the ending of this song has, I just love when they put this at the end of a set or, you know, at the end of an encore spot. Um, If you have been... (laughs) to a show where they have done that. Like you just know the emotion that I'm talking about right now. Like it's just all the things that you just feel and the intensity. It's just so amazing. Um, October 20th, 2012 house of blues, Cleveland. Um, the encore is just the floor and it's so intense and fucking beautiful at the same time. Like it's just, almost therapeutic to just just stand there and just sing those lyrics it's it is it's just absolutely amazing um i will actually link that show in the show notes so you can check it out um and the cover of release from that that same show is really really stellar too so definitely want to check that one out so i always say don't miss the second set of an umphrey show on a saturday And that saying proved to be correct here once again, with the second set opening with a really killer Ocean Billy with just a seriously, absolutely amazing and sick jam halfway through. Another tune that I just love the musical journey that this song goes on every single time. And it's so, you know, it's so different every time, too, that that is something I love as well. And this one that comes in over a little over 20 minutes is it's seriously just so good. And I love that they start the sets with just this, 
this music that you're just kind of blown away that you're like, okay, so this is how we're starting. Like, it's just absolutely amazing. And I don't even have to keep reiterating that all of you listening (laughs) totally know what I'm talking about, obviously. Um, Loose ends, attachments, which I know that I have mentioned this many times and people that know me that are listening know this too. I used to shit on that song so hard, (laughs) but after the studio version was released and listening to them cover it a couple of, you know, play it a couple times with horns, I've really come around to liking this tune and this version is really sick. And honestly, I can, I feel I can say this is their best version that they played so far. Um, The jam is so sick so fucking dancey and I feel like any of the descriptive words that I tried to come up with to describe this just were not going to do it any justice um every single part of this is just absolutely beautiful and just amazing music coming out of them Chris is I mean we all know I mean he's just seriously an amazing drummer and Jake's playing and Joel coming in to kill it about 15 minutes in. It's just one of those seriously awesome fucking moments in live music. And I'm sure that anyone that was at this show can totally testify that. And people are certainly all over this this version. I mean, rightfully so. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly suggest that you do. And Joel did mention on Twitter when asked about the jam at the back end of this tune, and he says that it was all in the moment. It was fucking brilliant. Like, I just, I just love them. <laughs> um, a short and sweet little Nemo and a cover of Daffodils by Mark Ronson. Um, I know that I've mentioned this before as well. I think that song is a really great cover for them. Um, And a shout out to the guys in Spafford before going into the silent type with a nice little tasty jam to close out the second set. A nice little happy birthday waffle shout out from Bayless before going into the encore 40s to close out the whole evening. And I will be sure to put the link to the set list as well as where you can listen to this show in the show notes so you can check it all out yourself. Okay, so that brings us to the last stop on this four little night run. August 19th, Tennessee Theater in Knoxville, Tennessee. The band has played at this venue six times total every year since 2013. They came right out ready to fucking rock with this insanely stellar triple wide. Seriously, to think that this is the First song on night four of these shows and, you know, traveling. They're not all in in staying in one place. It's just fucking insane. Like, I'm not even up there playing music and I will do like a run of shows and I'm fucking exhausted. Like, I just can't even imagine. Like, that's just amazing to me. Um, I mean, this show seriously makes the phrase never miss a Sunday show absolutely true. Everyone in the band absolutely shows that they are seriously fucking ready to rock the fuck out with this version of Triple Wide. Um, This one I added to my Hall of Fame list. Absolutely. Um, Bayless calls out the guy in the front row who was at St. Augustine the night before and then made the 10-hour car ride to be in Knoxville. 
that's pretty fucking badass and sounds like shit that my husband and I used to do back in the day. Although we do travel um, about eight hours is about as far as we will travel um, for a one night show now. So that's pretty fucking awesome. (laughs) Um, Anchor Drops, which has only been played one other time this year, January 19th during the Beacon Run. Red Tape, last played January 28th, 2018. Love, love, love this tune so, so much. And this jam in this one is so fucking rocking. So glad that they dusted this one off the shelf. And I'm hoping that we get at least one more this year. That would be awesome. Love that song so much. Kabump fucking amazing. I totally got into this jam so much that I completely got lost inside of it. A serious musical odyssey. There's also a nice little first time played lyrical stew inside of there from Bayless. So I'm very excited to see how that one grows and changes. And then going into an intense jam and then sliding right into Intentions Clear almost seamlessly with a really nice little funky Stasic jam with some church bell action coming from Joel. Definitely taking it to fucking church during this Sunday show. They rock the shit out of this and then go into go to hell. It's just, it was just absolutely amazing. Definitely need to check out that intentions clear for sure. And then this seriously fucking mind-blowing cover of the Prince tune controversy with Freak Bass replacing Ryan, which again, I knew nothing about this guy before he sits in, and it was seriously the nastiest shit ever. Like like I said, I do knew nothing about this guy, but he's so fucking good, and this cover absolutely just blew the roof off that fucking place. They've covered that song so Six times, last being May 27th, 2017. This was the first time they've had someone else sit in on bass, however. As far as I know, as far as my research said. (laughs) This guy was fucking, he was slapping the shit out of that fucking bass. Seriously, just the funky ass sounds coming out of that dude. Like, I can only imagine what that sounded like in that building. Like, It's just absolutely amazing. I have listened to that version at this time of this taping like four times, and I'm sure by the time this airs like 20 times. It's so fucking good. Um, And if you didn't see the video of it or you weren't watching on tour gigs, um, I will definitely link the video and the article from Jambase because it was just absolutely stellar and a ridiculous way to end that first set. Second set opens with this insane Nothing Too Fancy journey, and the Bayless solo in this is absolutely delicious. Jake is killing it. It's all around just a really sick version. This one comes in at a little over 17 minutes and goes unfinished. Instead, after jamming the fuck out, goes into Spires, which has not seen life off the shelf since January 20th of this year um, at the Beacon Theater. And if you did not notice, they definitely played what like three or more tunes um that they hadn't played since january of this year so that is pretty fucking rad um love spires such a great one um from the mantis era 
I certainly would not be mad if they played more of this one either. I just love Mantis. It's just such a great album. Just absolutely the best album, I feel. Um, Seasons, as I recently said, I really love this tune. And the more they play this, the better it gets and the better the jam at the end is. Like, this one is really good. I like this one a lot. Um, a really fun and dancey comma later, Canary in a Coal Mine cover by The Police such a funky song and has a nice little sick jam and then transitions into really beautiful sweet jam and then going into release by pearl jam fucking love that song like i seriously get goosebumps every single time i hear it i will be honest i even tear up a little bit um i lost my dad in 2012 so you know that song definitely can hit home a couple of times. So it's definitely, uh, definitely a song that I, I feel very close to. And it's just, it's fucking beautiful every time they do it. And I think I, I did mention before the version from October 20th, 2012, the Cleveland show, um, is absolutely beautiful as well. And switching gears from that to go into whistle kids, I feel the unofficial theme song of the Umfreak Parents podcast. Um, I mean, if you think about the meaning behind the song, it totally makes sense. Um, jamming out the end to make it to take it right into the end of Nothing Too Fancy to close out the second set. The encore, half delayed with Over the Hills and Far Away Led Zeppelin teases. Fucking killing me, guys, with these Zeppelin tunes. Like I said before, it really is making me sad that I am not going to lock in. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and then taking that into glory, such a beautiful way to end the show. Um, I will put where you can see the set list and uh, where you can listen to the show um, in the show notes. And after listening to all the shows in this run, I will say that for me, Orlando um, is the best night of the weekend with Knoxville coming in second and St. Augustine and then Miami. Um, some of the highlights for me were Wappy, Fur, Slacker, and Hey 19 from Orlando, um, Miami Virtue from Miami. Uh, Draconin, I hate saying that word. I want a different name for that song. <laughs> um, Ocean Billy and Attachments from St. Augustine. Um, Triple Wide, Red Tape, Kabump, and Controversy from Knox Knoxville. Um, and also The Intentions Clear from Knoxville. Um, so yeah, definitely make sure that you listen to this whole run of shows. Boys are definitely on fire. Before I air my interview with Josh from Umfreaks Anonymous, I did want to mention that he is not a parent, but I wanted to interview him anyway for the show because he is a huge piece of the Umfreaks online fan community, and he's working on some really amazing new projects that I wanted to feature in the podcast. Um, I am so, so grateful for his time, our chats. Um, all of his continued support for this podcast. And I am really, really looking forward to working on some of the projects with him in the future. So here is my interview with Josh from Umfreaks Anonymous. Hello, my name is uh, Josh. Uh, I'm an administrator at uh, Umfreaks Anonymous. So I guess I'm a little bit less anonymous now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where you would know me from. Um, 
projects and uh, also uh, annoying, harassing guy on Twitter and everything else like that. So should we have like like masked your voice before we started? Like they That's do right. on those things to keep you anonymous so nobody can identify you. <laughs> well, I mean, I did just provide my first name. Okay. Uh, no, it's all right. We. Uh, we, we don't stick too much to the anonymous style, though we obviously try to make out everything we do less about ourselves and more about upreach in general. Nice. Very nice. Um, so tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you live, what your day job is, stuff like that. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I live in Denver, Colorado, and my day job is uh, I, I work in tech support. So... Um, just pro providing technical assistance to people on computers. Uh, you know, other than that, I do a lot of uh, social media uh, marketing stuff, um, just freelancing, and um, run these web pages and do some web design on the side, stuff like that. Very cool. Very cool. So, when was your first Umbree show? My first Umbree show was 2002 at Bonnaroo. But I don't remember it well. Uh, they were the first band, and also I was not exactly into them. The first time I remember seeing Humphreys is Bonnaroo 2004 uh, with the Mo Switch show where they did, you know, the End Justice for All and uh, March of the, uh, uh, the Stormtroopers of Death, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So what is your current show count? I think it's like 137. It's yeah. not like ridiculously high, but it's not it's not nothing to sniff at. For sure. I'm impressed. That's very nice. Very nice. I, I only hit 47 on Saturday night, so you're throwing out triple digits. I'm definitely impressed. <laughs> well, you know, there's some folks who are like in the 400s or 300s, and uh, the way I kind of feel about it, too, is that you know, there's got to be some sort of super fan in Nebraska who knows every single lyrical stew and just never gets to see any shows because he lives in Omaha and they come by once every couple of years and maybe he makes it out to Red Rocks or Iowa or something every once in a while. So the show count may be in, like, you know, low double digits or something, but he knows hella more than I do at 138 shows. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things where, you know, show count definitely means something, but it probably just means a lot more wasted nights on my yeah. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. I've never thought of it that way. And, and you, yeah, that definitely right. That's, yeah, that's a very cool way to think about that for sure. Um, definitely. And clarify wasted as in like, uh, uh, you know, dr drunken, not wasted as in they were wasted nights, obviously. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Because now, you know, even if you're like at first, you're like, should I spend the money on that? It always proves to be totally worth it in that aspect. So. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. So talk more about Umfreaks Anonymous and kind of like how that all came about. Sure. So uh, Umfreaks Anonymous is a fan group. Um, a fan page that was started by uh, Jason Tungren, uh, I think back in 2013 is when we began, uh, so probably about five years ago here. Uh, and then Jason and Jason had a team with him, which was myself and uh, our friend Stephanie. Uh, and then pretty much as time's gone on, we've all sort of gone our different directions and had different sort of priorities and interests and things come up. 
so over time, uh, Stephanie became less involved on the page and started doing other things. And uh, she now moved over to the West Coast and is, is working on other sorts of uh, marketing things and is crushing it there. And then Jason still lives in Chicago and is, is doing his thing, uh, less social media marketing and less, less involved there. But he's still an administrator in Oak Creek Anonymous and posts content every once in a while. And then I'm, I'm, I'm in Denver, and I, I'm still part of the team and uh, do most of the day-to-day posting and stuff like that, the organization here. Uh, and pretty much we all came together because we love the fan base of Unfreeze um, McGee uh, as much as we love the band. Well, you know, the band reflects on the fan base and vice versa. And we really wanted to sort of shine a light on the fans and how they reflect onto the band and really celebrate that. And at the beginning of the page, we were doing a lot of like posting of fan photos and uh, Snapchat, stuff like that. And uh, over time, we wanted to sort of move on to uh, empowering other creative endeavors. So we created things like the Young Freaks Collective, where we had different sort of creative uh, visual art and writing that we posted for a while. And we moved into other sorts of mediums, stuff like that. So it's just really kind of exploded into a, I don't know, a sort of, uh, creative uh, hodgepodge fan page. That's cool. Can you talk a little bit about the podcast that you guys had? That we what? The about the podcast that you had. The podcast that we had. Mm-hmm. So we did a page uh, podcast for a while called Better Know and Umfreak. Okay. Uh, is, is that the one you're talking about, or uh, we had a radio station for a while too? Well, yeah, I was going to get to that one too. So you can go ahead and talk about both of them. we had was called Better Known Um Freak, and we just went around and interviewed uh, individual Um Freaks, uh, asked them, sort of similar to what you're doing here with the uh, asking about show count and 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 what what they you know liked about Um Freaks and 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 what where you know we would know them from or where where they were from around. Uh, we had a radio station too that was like a 24/7 radio station, sort of like a serious jam on for um, Freeze, but we did just like odds of shows, um, the uh, audio rips or whatever, because we hadn't talked to, to the band to sort of get any sort of permissions to, to, to do anything with their show. So we just were waiting for things to pop on up on archive and then we'd download them and throw them up there because of the Creative Commons license. Mm-hmm. And it worked out pretty well, uh, but we didn't get a ton of listeners and it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we took it down, but we're thinking about bringing it back next year if we can talk to Humphreys and see if we can get some sort of permission from them. I think that we would bring it back. It was fun. Sounds, it sounds like it was a really cool thing. Hopefully you guys can, can make it happen again. Um, so talk, yeah, definitely. So talk a little bit about the, the video game that you're working on. <laughs> so we came up with this idea to do a project called Humphreys RPG. Uh, because there's this there's this game software engine that I've been messing around with for a couple of years, and we had this idea a couple of years ago, and we shelved it when we started working on the radio station. Uh, just only so many hours in a day, obviously, having a day job and everything else like that. Um, so uh, I, we re-picked it up a couple months ago, just sort of tinkering around with it, and realized how much content and possibility was there, uh, how many things that we could really come up 
with when we looked into the Humphreys catalog and the Humphreys lyrics and uh, song sheets and everything else like that. So we decided we were going to develop this thing and uh, it, it, you know, it, we needed a little bit of money to get the project going as far as just to buy some of the initial artwork and some of the initial uh, software that we would need. And we figured that we were going to throw in a bunch of our dough as well. So why not just sort of ask on Kickstarter? And the response was awesome from the community. It was really cool. And ever since then, we've been working on it daily. And we're, we've got a lot of pros, progress in it currently. That's awesome. And when do you, uh, do you have like a idea of a release date? So we're hoping to have it released. The, we're, we're trying to do a trilogy. The first game we're going to try and have released by Red Rocks of next year. Nice. Um, if we don't get it done by Red Rocks next year, it would be by the end of the year next year, probably. It, it, if, if we don't have it done by Red Rocks, it means that something's really slowed us up. And, uh, and so we haven't, we haven't pro progressed the way that we had planned on it. But I don't imagine that happening currently. We're way ahead of schedule as far as staying on top of things and continuing to produce things. If we don't have it done, though, by Red Rocks, we'll have it done in December. And then we'll have a sort of second game that uses a lot of the same mechanics and stuff uh, come on out at some point during the next year as well. Very exciting. That's very cool. I'm super excited for that. So excited. Yay! Yay. Me too. It's been fun. Oh, I bet. I bet. I, I don't know, like, anything about, like, that kind of stuff, but... Um, one of my really good friends' husband um, makes video games, and just to, like see him be super excited about stuff that he creates. So when I saw that you were doing this, I'm like, I can totally get down with that. <laughs> Definitely, and there's just so many Umphreys things that that tie into, uh, you know, when you start thinking about it, you're like, yeah, that totally would work in a video game. Oh, that totally would work in a video game. Imagine like a, a laser gun named Catshot or a evil villain called the Crooked One. I mean, there's just so many different things that just mm -hmm. are expansive and possible when you look into the Humphreys realm and then sort of drag it out creatively into making it do whatever the hell you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that, you know, that's like how, you know, you're doing it and, and everything. It's going to be like the ultimate nerd thing. I'm so excited. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. It will be a nerd fest for sure. <laughs> That's so awesome. Very cool. Um, so what is your favorite Umphreys show, either that you've been to or one that you listen to regularly? Oh, goodness. Um, let's see. My favorite Umphreys show that I've been to and that uh, I listen to regularly was probably uh, September 4th, 2009. Uh, that uh, the Mishawaka. Mm -hmm. I was living in Chicago at the time, and I, I had gone to school in Fort Collins and spent a lot of time in Fort Collins. I found out that they were playing at the Mish. We got tickets, and uh, I flew out from Chicago and spent a lot of time with a lot of my college friends up at the show. So it was a really good crew and community for me. And then the set list and the performance is really stellar and amazing obviously the lobby cannot be hyped enough and i think it gets hot uh hyped pretty frequently mm -hmm. uh the uh miss tinkles is r really really ridiculous the song selection is really good in general with an amazing last man swerving uh kimball for the encore it's really or it's not in the encore it's in the second side kimball's in there though and uh 
a really great SS, I think, is in there as well. Um, or Thin Air, excuse me. The brain not working well, but it's fantastic. I really suggest checking it out if you haven't. It's probably one of the best. Nice. I will definitely give that a listen for sure after I catch up from this weekend. And uh, I'll put I'll <laughs> got to catch up from the weekend still. Um, I'll put a link though in the show notes of that show, so like anybody listening can definitely check that out. You said September fourth, two thousand nine, right? That's right. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Yeah. Definitely check it out. I know. I still. There's a, go ahead. Oh, there's a lot of other really great uh, shows. Um, there's a show from Summerfest. I, I oftentimes cite. I think it's July 6, 2005, which has got a really amazing Divisions crooked one, um, and the Robot World has an unbelievable Jimmy Stewart in it. I, I I think that that's probably a great one for anybody who's never heard the band before because it's very accessible and uh, a lot of songs that I wouldn't say are specifically, uh, you know, necessarily. Um, tracks that you would hear on uh, anybody's like best of Humphreys list, but it's really great versions of all these songs. So I would definitely suggest checking it out. Um, a really, really great show. I think it's 7605. Nice. Awesome. Sweet. I'll definitely put that one in there too. And I had a friend of my husband's who was just, we went to Brit Floyd a couple weeks ago and he asked me, he's like, what's a really good, like, live show to start with? And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> and he, like, put me on the spot, too. So I'm like, I don't know. So I'm going to text him this and let tell him that so that that's a good one to start with. Because I'm just, like, I'm not sure the best one. <laughs> awesome. Definitely. Sometimes it takes a while for Humphreys, too. Um you know, there. I guess I feel like it's an acquired taste that when you do acquire the taste, you all of a sudden become ridiculously addicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it took me probably about five years from the first time I saw them to uh, become obsessive, I'd say. Uh, I saw them, you know, at the Bonnaroo's and I saw them at Big Summer Classic and I wasn't, I wasn't even there for them. I was there for the cheese. And, uh, uh, a couple years later, I ended up going to that New Year's in Chicago uh, after seeing them at a fairly disappointing Denver uh, Halloween show. Really? And the New Year's in Chicago was really mind-blowing. And then from then on, 2008, and then eventually 2009, I was just addicted. I think I saw 30 shows that year. Damn. That's amazing. That's yeah, funny. it was fun. They played in the Midwest. They played all over the Midwest like crazy that year, so it was really easy. I was living in Chicago, and they were just a stone throw away from everything. You could go to Milwaukee. You could go to Rothbury. You could go to Iowa. You could go to Ohio. It was really easy. So That's cool. Yeah, for sure. I know I have friends that you know grew up in like Columbus, Ohio area, so you know she was like going to a bunch of shows all over the place and you know, early 2000s because nothing was – you know, really too far. So that apparently was the location to, to be in at that time, you know? Oh, yeah. Very cool. And it was really great, too. 2009, you get a lot of, I mean, Mantis, the Mantis time's really fun. I, I really love Mantis as far as an album. So any any of the shows following that album release, uh, for me, are, are pretty great. I'll, at the time, I really hated hearing Red Tape. Going back to it now, I, I'd kill for a Red Tape. So... Uh, I'll listen to all the red tape jams from 2009 happily these days. <laughs> for sure, for sure, absolutely. That's why you have to like appreciate 
you know, all the songs that they're playing, like, even if you're kind of like, oh, they're playing a bunch of it right now or whatever, you know, because you don't really know, and you're going to go a couple years without hearing it, so. Okay. Too true. Yeah. Somebody told me that happened to them with Anchor Drops, that, that at one point they were like, I could never, I don't want to hear Anchor Drops ever again, and then they didn't hear it for like a decade, and definitely <laughs> were kicking themselves in the ass after 10 years. <laughs> that's funny see that's why you never you know I it's funny because I felt that way like about attachments and they still they still do play it a lot but I hated that like I don't even want to say hate because it's such a strong word but I really did not like that song but now that it's like now they just like jam it and make it into you know it's whole other thing and now the studio version of it is just so good so I'm like all right fine guys I like it now like <laughs> they always have that way of like taking the song that like people don't really like you know too much and then just like either sticking like a killer fucking jam in there and then everybody's like all right now you know it's like good <laughs> definitely it's happened to me a bunch honestly um I felt that way about Comma Later when it first came out, mm-hmm. uh, and they stuck some ridiculous jam in the center of it, and now it's sort of irresistible when they play it. Uh, I felt that way about Booth Love initially when I first heard Booth Love. Um, it, you know, I still kind of have a hard time getting into, like, say, Deeper, or um, I, I don't like Piranhas, because it just doesn't feel like the jam is very... You know, they don't expand or go anywhere, and neither does the tune necessarily. Mm-hmm. But, like, things like the linear, which I feel like also can be sort of, linear, I guess, linear in its in its form or whatever, mm-hmm. expands and gets absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... I'm trying to think which, which song is that. My editor was just mentioning when I was talking to him um, about Bad Friday. And I was actually going to say this when I talked about it in the episode that he was like, I don't hate Bad Friday now. That's what he said to me after Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, because the Bad Friday from Saturday night was really good. So I had texted, you know, the next day, how was your show, whatever. And he's like, it was good, you know, whatever. He's talking about his highlights. And he's like, I don't hate Bad Friday now. Yeah, I feel like I felt that way too about the silent type or similar, no, similar skin from Red Rocks. The similar skin from Red Rocks really helped change my mind about how I'm feeling about that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, in comparison to feeling like they were sort of trotting it out mm-hmm. in the normal sort of way. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing that a lot for songs that I feel like I either get bored with or uh, have generally just like, I've never felt that way about Bed Friday. I have to say it's a, that's an awesome tune. But uh <laughs> But uh, I feel like with the floor, at some point, I was really bored of the floor. And then Salt Lake City happened this year, and now I just kind of can't wait to hear if they're going to do another floor like that. That will blow my mind and and then and have me be like, oh, damn, is this song about to go insane? What's happening here? <laughs> so I don't know. I love how they keep us guessing. For sure. For sure. Um. So what is your favorite Umphreys album? Album? Yes. Uh, Probably gonna go with Mantis for sure. Um, definitely Mantis. I feel like it's the most cohesive album uh, lyrically. I feel like Bayless is really on point. Uh, musically, I feel like everybody's really taking a lot of creative risks. I know that there's a lot of love for Anchor Drops because of the nostalgia and Umphreys are 
uh, a lot of them freaks are, you know, both going back to their roots, and I don't blame them for it. Uh, but to me, Mantis is just really such an opus, such a, almost like a, it's almost like a uh, uh, concept album, though not really, but the motif is so clearly there, mm-hmm. and it just worked, it works so well. It's kind of dark, but not really, I don't know. I really love Mantis, so I'm yeah. going to say Mantis. Yeah, it is a really, really great album. Absolutely. Um, so what is your favorite moment in Umphrey's history so far? Just in general? Yeah, in general. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I miss Umbul, so I'm going to say Umbul. Nice. Did you ever go to an Umbul? No, I've never been to an Umbul. Me neither. Me neither, unfortunately. Unfortunately. I wish they would bring it back. I totally am down for them to change up the idea and, and, and make it something different and uh, uh, give it a different sort of sound or, or different quarters or maybe break it into not quarters or call it something else. But a super-duper Humphreys event that's not summer camp uh, would, would be awesome. And, and I'm totally ready to, to, to get into something like that next year, hopefully. For sure. That would be absolutely amazing. I was thinking about that, too, when I was talking about the summer school show and kind of digging into the three years that they did that, um, how cool it would be for them to bring something back like that. Like, I really wish that I would have, you know, been able to go to those because everything that I was reading and everybody's like, you know, people's stories and experiences, like it just seemed like it was just an absolutely, you know, amazing amazing thing so hopefully they'll bring that back too because that would be really cool definitely and that was a really you know i remember as they were happening wishing that i was more into the instruments i play you know i play guitar like super casually or whatever uh and it's one of those things where i was like oh man i wish i could go to this and really pick something up from this because this seems so neat that this band makes themselves so accessible Mm -hmm. and uh and that they put themselves out there for us and they're like here watch us create art and let us help you create art and let's all work together to make art i mean it's it's fucking dope it's really 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 awesome and there's a lot of musicians out there in the world who make art and just put it out there for us to see but to have a band that's also like let me help you utilize your art and mm-hmm. let's do cool stuff like that or remember when they released those stems from their uh, similar skin album and they were like remix this it would be cool or mm-hmm. um i don't know they're just they're it's really neat Boundaries is really neat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is and <clears throat> i think that's very cool too and like we were talking before we actually started recording about that like you know them doing that certainly portrays it on like to the community whereas like how you have have supported me and you know I'm supporting you know by just sharing others ideas in the community other creative people that are you know doing this piece creatively or doing this piece creatively and you know just the community and I always bring that up always bring up the Umphrey's community it's it's just amazing I mean it just really is just the the community and the people and it's just, it's really just a beautiful thing. Undoubtedly. And, um, you know, how how welcoming the fans feel by the band, and the band, I think, feels by the fans in turn. I don't think that, I, I, I feel like Humphreys enjoys having a fan base that enjoys, you know, them, but is not 
I don't know. I, it, it's it's good. It's cool to have a band that's so accessible and to make their art in front of you and to have a community that's so supportive of each other. It, it's a, it's a nice experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think like when I try to explain that to people that don't get it, that's what I tell them. I'm like, it's so, but it's so much more than just the music. I'm like, but it's about the music, but it's more than the music. And they're like, but that doesn't make any sense. But it does make sense. (laughs) But it does. Like, it does. Because, I mean, the amount of people and friends that I've made, and and I can say that, you know, when you trace it all back, a lot of it goes back to, you know, Umphreys and stuff like that. And it's like people that I would, you know, invite in my home and have dinner with and, you know, have my children be around. You know what I mean? Like, people that that you would want to actually be friends with, you know, not just somebody that you see randomly. It's, you know, it's an actual like a community. And I think now, especially in the world, you know, people need that, you know, they need that sense of like place and belonging. And, and that's what I like so much about like my group, you know, is to kind of give that little like sublet of parents, you know, like a space to, to be in. So Undoubtedly, mm-hmm. it, it's you know it's one of those things where uh, you're totally right. People will definitely invite strangers in from off the street. Uh, I remember going to a, a show in Indianapolis and not knowing anybody, but being on the board mm-hmm. and putting something out there like, "Hey, I need a place to stay. I've never been to the Murat before. Uh, I, I, what do I do?" And my buddy Stupak, or he wasn't my buddy at the time. He was this guy who I didn't know, but he invited me to stay at his house and stay on his couch and I slept on his couch and I saw two amazing shows at that bar mitzvah ballroom of a ballroom, the Murat, which is a very strange place. <laughs> um, but it, it, uh, it, it was a really great experience and it totally was one of those things where it was like, hey, this community is a group of people who you can trust. Uh, another time I remember getting a random ride to the uh, Frederick Myers Gardens Chihuly Glass Place to see Humphreys the night before the Indianapolis 2010 show mm-hmm. and it was just from some random strangers and they were the kindest people to me and they treated me amazingly and uh, I, I, I saw them at a couple shows in the Midwest a couple years later on and they remembered me and it's just been it's it, you're totally right it's just it's the shit this community is the greatest yeah it's in and you know especially with like when I had the idea of having this podcast and I remember there was one guy in the group that I like messaged and I'm like, I had this crazy idea to start a podcast. And he's like, but is it a crazy idea? And I'm like, maybe not. <laughs> like, so you know what I mean? Like there was just that support that it wasn't like, Oh, well you don't know. You know, it was, it was just instantly like, well, is it a crazy idea? Like, and, and just since that moment on, it's just like, I've been able to find people, you know, like you and Jimmy Rogers um, um, facts on Twitter and, you know, just all these different people are just like, yeah, like I totally believe in what you're doing and I want to help you. And it's like, that's, that's fucking awesome. Like people don't have that kind of support in their, just their day-to-day lives. You know, like I know so many people that I, I can even speak for that. Like myself personally, I don't have a lot of people in my life that are like, super supportive of shit I'm doing in my life. So like to have this community 
to be like, yeah, let's do this. And you know, like even Sam Sutton, like he's fucking amazing. Like he's been such a huge support for the show and every show I've gone to this summer. Um, I've asked him if I could put, you know, like flyers at the merch to publicize the show. And when I saw him on Saturday, he's like, Oh, I've been putting those out every night of tour for you. And I'm just like standing there like, damn dude, fucking Hey, thanks. Like I was so grateful in that moment just for him putting those cards out at the table. Like, dude, that's, that's so awesome. You know? And for him, that was like, whatever, you know, like just placing something on a table. But for me, that was huge. And I just like, I love how, how that is. And, you know, like I said before, with the guy that makes the t-shirts, like now I've done that for him. And now he's like all happy about it. And there's totally going to be somebody that's going to come along that he knows that's going to have some sort of a creative idea. And then he's going to pay it forward to them too. And it's just going to keep going. And I just, I love being a part of that too. Like, you know, almost as much as the music, you know, it's hard to say, which is my favorite piece because they're both, you know, so huge, but I mean, the community is, 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 is so big, so big piece of it for sure. No doubt. No doubt. They're essential pieces of each other. I think that uh, the music without the community would not be the same and the community without the music isn't the same. Uh, you know, and sometimes you just need to get lost in the music for sure. That's definitely what I feel like Headphones and Now Pounds is about. Or, um, you know, um, sometimes, you know, some people like to ride on the rail. And so I, I, I generally don't rail ride. I generally like to stand in the back and sort of spin around in circles. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. everybody everybody experiences music in, in, in those different ways. But I feel like if we didn't have that community of people surrounding us with, with, with you know, their, their, their hands locked up and into the, you know, rock hands and shit to that extent, I, I would not feel as much energy from the music and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, you know, and that's how I felt, especially like Saturday night and it being Bayless's birthday and, you know, everything like you could just feel just the energy. And it was, it was, it was even before they started playing music, you know, it just feels like a family reunion. And and with people you actually want to see, not like your weird second cousin that your mom makes you talk to. It's like <laughs> it's like people you legitimately are like excited to to see because it's the only time you get to see them in real life is at shows and you know, it's it's awesome and for me to to take my kids to that and for them to, you know, meet my friends and have those things and you know, it's, it's awesome. Like it just, it is. I talk about it all the time. I talk about the the community all the time. It's, it just is. It's, it's my family. Like it really is like, and that's what I joked about with my editor when I called him the wrong name. I'm like, well, I guess we're family now because I always call my kids by the wrong name. So it's like, <laughs> you've been inducted into the family now because I, I called you the wrong name. So <laughs> We're going home now. And he's younger than me, too. So I totally go mom on him. <laughs> he just gets in the van. Yeah. Yes, mom. Well, and it's funny because he'll obviously he'll be listening to this entire thing. So he um like when he he'll be like, oh, I'm going to this show or whatever. And I always say to him, like, I'm going to go mom on you right now and tell you to be safe. <laughs> Being safe is not necessary. 
everybody should be telling their fans to stay safe. That's a good idea. I think I think that is a good idea. And you know what? Even even before I had kids, like I would always, especially like if we were, you know, partying with friends or whatever, and they would go home, I'd always tell them to call me when they got home. Like, even before I was a mom, because oh, yeah. it was like, I fucking want to make sure you're alive. Like, <laughs> we were just partying. Like, yeah. I want to make sure you got home okay. Like, seriously. So, yeah. For sure, for sure. Everybody tell your friends to be safe, because it's important. <laughs> Definitely. And it, and a shout out to the awesome people at dancesafe.org. They are awesome people, and they're encouraging. Yes. Or not dance safe, Groove safe, excuse me. I'm sorry, wrong way. Uh, <laughs> dance safe, I guess, is good, too. They're both good. <laughs> They both are good. We were we were definitely talking about that like at summer camp too because the um the guys like camped next to us were looking for um one of one of those booths. I don't remember which one it was, but you know, it's like it's good that they have that because it's like if people choose to do things, like whatever, that's your business, your perspective, whatever. But it's good that you wanna be fucking safe about it. Like you sure. you wanna make sure that you're, you know, like not gonna die or something. Like you, that's good. Like, I'm so glad that there's somebody that came up with that idea because, you know, it's important. There's no, there's nothing wrong with having fun as long as you're responsible about it. So, I mean, it's, it's very cool to see, you know, things like that pop up now too, for sure. All about keeping everybody Definitely. safe. Definitely. Yeah. I, I sort of meant, uh, there's a separate organization too, that's encouraging like a safe environment in, uh, at concerts as well outside of um, the experimental side mm -hmm. uh, as far as drugs like you know just a, a, a good community of people who are you know uh, keeping it safe and 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 and, and uh, being responsible amongst community so I was trying to give a shout out to both of them and so I must have I, I can't believe I gave a shout out to both of them or one of them sorry <laughs> it's okay I'm telling you my my brain like I told you earlier is just not I don't know what's with me today so I'm gonna blame it on like the midsummer like whole thing like the late summer like ending of it I don't know I don't know so it's okay you're good you're good <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on Mondays yeah okay there you go we can go with that one too <laughs> Awesome. All right. So, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, uh not in particular. Obviously, New Year's is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited for it. Very uh, excited too. It's going to be so awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't been to Atlanta since 2010. For the there was a Tabernacle show in 2010. Uh, which I, I don't know. I think I told you about before, but you should definitely check on out with, uh, it's got an awesome wife, wife soup with, uh, learn to fly Foo Fighters jam in there. That's really, uh, awesome. So, uh, really worth checking out. And I'm excited to go back to the tabernacle to hopefully experience more magic of a similar nature. That's awesome. I've never, I've never been to Atlanta before, so I'm very excited to visit another new city and, um, finally get to go to the tabby. That's going to be fun. And I've never done a four night Umphreys run. So I'm excited for that too. That's going to be quite the marathon. So <laughs> very excited for that. Um, so before we wrap up, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find Umphreys Anonymous? Sure. Definitely. So Umphreys Anonymous is on 
all major social media networks. So on your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, your um, Google Plus, if you still do that, uh, anywhere else that you possibly could find us. We're on Snapchat. I, uh, I think that we're um, freaks, or we might be um, freaks anonymous on Snapchat. So you can always send us a Snapchat. Uh, we're, we're we're everywhere that you want to be. So if you want to find out Freaks Anonymous, we'll be there. We're at almanon.com online uh, on the web. So you can find us there. We have links to our Kickstarter for Um Freaks Nick RPG, which runs for another couple of days. Thank you to everybody who funded that because you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, let's see. Uh, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye.